What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sports Ethos Sixers podcast. I'm your host, Adam Sherman, and I want to open up the show with a quick thank you to Matisse Dibel for everything he's done for the Sixers. A uh, great fan favorite, a uh, great player for, what is it, four years. I uh, loved having him in Philly. I wish him luck in Portland, which brings me to my next point. Um, it has been a little bit since the last episode dropped, so I'm sorry for that, but we will get back on that consistent string, especially for the second half of the season where the Sixers have the hardest strength of schedule in the league. We're going to see what this team is made of, and thankfully we have another piece to do that. So welcome to Philly, Jalen McDaniels of the Charlotte Hornets, now Philadelphia 76er. And I think this was absolutely an incredible fit. I do wish there was more move made by the Sixers at the deadline than just this. But for the trade itself, I am a big fan of Jalen McDaniels, a very tall, lengthy forward who can play good defense, very athletic, can shoot if need be. I think he provides a lot of what we wished Matisse would provide for a long time. And don't get me wrong, I do love Matisse. I love his skill set. I think he's a great player. But the offensive game clearly just was not thriving here in Philadelphia. I think he needed a change of scenery. And uh, sad as it was, I did really love Matisse. Uh, Really good dude. But, you know, it's a business and you got to do what's best for your team. So, again, I wish Matisse luck in Portland. Had a great debut with them hitting, what, four threes. A little frustrating to watch as a Sixers fan, but, you know, we are uh, wishing Matisse the best there. So, anyway, the Sixers now, we'll see what they're like for the rest of the year. They decided to roll out pretty much the same squad past the deadline. Um, They added... McDaniels, they added Dwayne Dedman to get a little bit more center depth, uh, and they also added Mac McClung from their G League team, who we will get to in a little bit, talking about All-Star Weekend. But I'm a big fan of the Sixers' move to, you know, kind of keep the same team together. seems like they always try to make a splurge at the deadline or something that kind of ruins chemistry a little bit. So when your team's playing this well, again, they're third in the East, only behind the Bucks on a 12-game winning streak and the Celtics, but... You know, with KD Kyrie being traded away from Brooklyn, uh, there's a big open hole in the Eastern Conference. Of course, the Celtics and the Bucks are the two favorites. The Celtics probably a little more than the Bucks, but there's definitely room for the Sixers to fit into the equation here. Um, clearly a top three team in the East. The only team that even rivals them for that third spot would probably be Cleveland. Um, they got a ways to go. But they're, they're a contender now and in a couple of years, so maybe not a ways to go, but they have a lot of room to improve. And that is a scary thought coming from a team that's already playing this well, fourth in the Eastern Conference. Donovan Mitchell, you know, has been absolutely incredible. Darius Garland's a great player. They're deadly big man duo of Evan Mobley, Jarrett Allen. And, you know, the Cavs is a really good team. I would not want to face them uh, in the fi- in the playoffs, excuse me. Definitely not. In the first round. So if you look at the Sixers' potential first round matchups, it doesn't seem like they would play Cleveland in the first round uh, as they are the four. Sixers are the three. So again, the number one and the number two seeds play uh, play in teams, which as of now are the Heat, the Hawks, the Wizards, and the Raptors. The Bulls and the Pacers are also in that race. So if the Sixers can manage to get up to that one or two seed um, and they can end up playing a team, you know, either the Heat or the Hawks, uh, probably the favorites to both win in the play in, but. I think that's a good, favorable matchup. The Sixers can get some revenge on the Heat. But, you know, again, the Heat are a really good team. And come playoff time, they always turn it up. So I'm not sure how much I like to play the Heat or the Hawks compared to a team like the Knicks, who, as of right now, are in that sixth seed. So that's a team that the Sixers could be playing if they're the third seed. So 
Either way, I would like to see the Sixers hold a top three seed, and I would like the Cavs to stay in that contention. Additionally, we'll probably see the Nets drop off the standings just a little bit. McCall Bridges is a fantastic player. They got Spencer Dimwitty, Cam Johnson, Nick Claxton still. So they're very good teams. Ben Simmons coming off the bench for them now, which is just absolutely poetic. They lose all their superstars, and now Ben plays even less minutes. But I digress. It seems like the Nets are going to take a little hit in the standings. Guessing they'll end up in maybe a play-in situation. They could win their play-in spot, maybe you know, get an 8 seed, a 7 seed. But it seems more likely than not, the Heat are going to end up taking a top 6 seed to go along with the Cavs, Sixers, Bucks, Celtics, and probably a team like you know the Knicks, the Hawks. So again, it's way too early to gauge this whole uh, standings. But just if you're a Sixers fan, something to be a little bit aware of. You might want to start tracking how teams are doing to see where the matchups lie. But anyway, let's uh, jump into a little bit of fun. All-Star Weekend is here, and Philadelphia was represented well by previously mentioned Mac McClung. Mac McClung was uh, brought up by the Sixers. He's been playing for the Blue Coats, playing pretty well this season. Sixers have a knack for uh, having very good G League players and teams. But Mac McClung now called up as the Sixers waving Julian Champagne. And Mac McClung absolutely showed out, brought the flair, the style back to the dunk contest. Uh, ended up getting a win, 350s. That was just an absolute pleasure to watch. You know they probably won't play a lot for the Sixers, but maybe in a late-game blowout or something, you can get a little bit of Mac McClung showtime. Uh, or, you know, maybe he shows that he's a good enough player that he can earn a couple of rotational minutes now and then if he's a pesky defender. I don't know too much about his game aside from his ridiculous athleticism. I did watch a couple of his games in the G League, and he's, you know, hard to gauge NBA talent in the G League, but he seems very, very explosive. He's a young player, so maybe that's a developmental project that the Sixers can make work. But regardless, not expecting too much about it. Just a very uh, fun dunk contest and fun for Sixers fans to have something to root for, even if, you know, half of them didn't even know who he was entering the contest. But regardless... Let's get back to the real basketball here. And the Sixers, as I mentioned, pretty much made their moves, um, signing Dwayne Dedman as their last buyout free agent. I'm not the biggest fan of the signing because I don't think it's a drastic jump from where we already were. Um, I mean, I don't know how much, if at all, Dedman's going to insert himself as Paul Reed played great right before the All-Star break. But we know how fickle Doc is, and I'm guessing we'll see all three backup centers at some point or another. But it would have been really nice to just get that backup center that you know you can rely on. A guy like Nerlens Noel uh, would have been awesome, in my personal opinion. And I don't know if the ship has said on that. Nerlens has yet to agree to a buyout. Don't know exactly what the Sixers would do in that situation because they already did sign Deadman. Probably would not end up going after him. So I guess we're going to have to make do with Dwayne Deadman. Look, he hasn't played a minute for us since, what, the 2014 season when it was before the process days. So I don't want to be too quick to judge. I mean, I've seen him play with the Heat a little bit in his career. He's a little bit slow, but he's tall, and, you know, he can play a little bit of defense. So maybe it'll be helpful, but I'm all aboard the Paul Reed victory tour. So let's see how that goes. Um, another name that could be very interesting, barring a buyout, would be Derek Rose. Sixers have a good amount of guard depth, especially off the bench with Shake and Maxi, but I would not be opposed to adding Derrick Rose to this mix. Uh, I think Derrick Rose could be a very dynamic player. Uh, of course, he's way past his prime, very old, but having him for a year or two could be very interesting, and I don't know if it's anything the Sixers are looking at, but 
hey, uh, I'm just looking at the best names available here for a contending team, and Sixers definitely could stand and make a move or two. And with that, another solid piece that they could add to their roster is Will Barton. I know they did just go ahead and get McDaniels, but too much forward depth is not really a problem you can ever have, uh, especially because Will Barton could play the two or the three. Uh, you know, you can run some small ball four, depending on what who, who you have at your three, especially if you've got like McDaniels, Niang, uh, Harris, Tucker, all are forwards are pretty big so having a little bit of a smaller forward might give us some versatility uh you know you already have a guy like Dan House on your roster so Will Barnes pretty much just a better better version of that uh I don't think you would lose anything by getting rid of House for Barton except a little bit of continuity and I think that's okay if Will Barton's available for the Sixers I think it'd be a really nice move to go ahead pick him up uh get a little bit of shooting a little bit of defense a little bit of athleticism uh some veteran uh leadership Will Barton has played what is he like 31, 32 years old now. He's played on a bunch of different teams. Uh, I think he's a pretty good player overall. Uh, he's had a little bit of playoff experience. You know, he can he can get the job done for the Sixers off the bench, uh, depending on where they would fit him into their rotation. But I'm done speculating because at this point, I got to just realize it's after the trade deadline. Most of the buyout candidates uh, have been bought out. Just today, Russell Westbrook has signed with the Los Angeles Clippers. I think that's a very scary sight. And I think the narrative has really switched. I think at the beginning of the season, all eyes were on the Eastern Conference with the mighty Celtics, who were probably the favorites coming in. Probably still the favorites, honestly. You got the Milwaukee Bucks with Giannis. You got Sixers, obviously. You got the Cavs. You had the Nets with Kyrie and KD. Of course, not anymore. Um the Heat, the Hawks, still very talented rosters. And then you go ahead and look at the West. You know, you got the Warriors, of course, still up there. But as they age, they continue to be a question mark. They did win the championship, but could be the last one of their dynasty for all we know. Um, moving on, the Lakers, again, a question mark. You know, LeBron playing sensational this season. But with all the injuries, you know, they, have, they got rid of Westbrook. That didn't work out. Made some nice moves at the deadline. So that kind of flipped it a little bit and now I think the Lakers are a little bit better but you know I think the West right now with the Nuggets you know if the Pelicans can get healthy with Zion um they have a very very talented the Suns of course are probably the favorites to win the championship in my eyes you still got the Clippers with Paul George Kawhi and now Russ I think that's a big uh championship contender and I think the Sixers have a better chance now to make it out of the east with all of the moves that have happened at the deadline not necessarily because of the moves they made but the moves that surrounding teams have made um i think the raptors are still uh you know i think they made a pretty nice deadline uh just getting purtle and keeping the team together there's a lot of talk about og being moved and if i was a raptors fan personally i I think keeping the roster together could be a very good thing they're a team that scares me just a little bit now with a pretty reliable center but Regardless, I think the Sixers are still a top three team in the Eastern Conference by a good amount. Um, you know, I would like to see how they start playing once they get on this brutal schedule. Um, you know, heading on an all-star break, the Sixers schedule consists of, uh, I think their first game back is yeah, the Grizzlies, then they got the Celtics, the Heat twice, the Mavericks, the Bucks, Pacers, Wolves, Blazers, Wizards, Cavs. So they don't have an easy game until March 17th against the Hornets. And they go right back to it. They got some tough games. I don't want to read their whole schedule to you. But right after that, you know, Warriors, Suns, Mavs, Nuggets, Raptors, Bucks, Celtics, Heat. Like, you just hear these best teams in the league. Like, this month of March is going to be absolutely brutal for the Sixers. 
But if they do end up winning a lot of games, I think it will solidify them as a top team in the NBA. I'm excited to watch. Should be a lot of good games. Hoping Joel Embiid, Harden, you know, the rest of the guys stay healthy. But especially seeing a healthy Embiid and Harden going against these top teams could be a really nice insight into the playoffs. And I'd be really looking forward to see how they, uh, you know, compete against teams like, again, the Celtics. Um, the Heat could be a really interesting matchup, potential round one matchup. Uh, you know, the Heat, I think, will climb a little bit in the standings. So they have a, a solid chance of playing the Sixers in the first round. But, again, don't want to get too far into that. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is the rotation because now the team is solidified. Um, the rotation has changed a little bit through the year. But it looks like Doc has pretty much figured out where he's going with this team. And that is... James Harden at the 1, DeAnthony Melton at the 2, P.J. Tobias, and Embiid in the starting lineup. So no changes to the starting lineup. I don't think that's problematic. And then off the bench, you got Maxi, you got Shake, you got McDaniels, you got Niang, and then you got a question mark. And I think that question mark will be answered by Paul Reed at backup center as of now. You have size barring the matchup. You know, if you've got a guy who's like 7'2 on the other team who's not that good and Paul Reed simply can't get it done, I think you throw Deadman in there and that would be cool to see. I'm struggling a little bit to see where Montrez's role is going to be now. Um, you know, maybe if you need a spark, some some buckets, I guess. But even now, he's been a little rough on the offensive end. But regardless, I would like to see Montrez bounce back and have a nice second half of the year. I don't know where he's going to fit into the equation, but he, he started out the year pretty strong. He's had some, some strong showings, and it's a shame he's fallen off the way he has. But I'm still a fan of Montrez, and I would not be upset seeing him... Uh, Given one or two more chances, but I do not want an DeAndre Jordan situation last year where we get to the playoffs, he's been playing terrible, and you say, you know what, let's just keep giving you the ball because that just does not work. I would really, you know, give him his opportunities in the regular season to see if he's a player capable of playing in the playoffs, and if he's not, then you know that from the regular season. Um, again, you have Joel Embiid, so the, the backup center minutes are important. But hopefully they're going to be minuscule, especially in the playoffs. Joel should play 35, 40 minutes a night, especially barring injury. So, yeah, um, the season's going to kick back off again in a few days. So, hope everyone enjoyed the All-Star break. And getting ready for the second half of the year, the Sixers have the toughest schedule in the NBA, as mentioned. But I think it will make for some really fun, really exciting games. So, as always, thank you guys for listening. And make sure you keep trusting that process.